0: Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast.
1: Hi, Nevin!
0: Well, hello, hello. Oh, my God, Rachel, I'm listening to you. I have been having a problem. I think I have narrowed it down that I am the nicest, nicest cook on the telly. But I'm getting too much competition from you because <laughs> you're kind of moving slowly into my nicey-picey space. So I think we need to, you know, settle this. We need to fight it out. I know that your son Joshua is into MMA. Okay, so why don't we arrange a nice little ring yourself and myself, and we batter the shite <laughs> out of each other to decide who is the nicest cook? Would you be up for that? Wooden spoons, the whole lot, spatulas across the arse. Uh, I'll tell you now: forks, spatulas, and don. <laughs> Well, Rachel Allen needs very little introduction. A very familiar face on our screens and a best-selling author, Rachel has carved out a highly successful career for herself in the culinary world, both in Ireland and abroad. But did you know that her grandfather escaped from a concentration camp? Or that she has very strong views on veganism that might surprise you? Or were you aware of what her favourite curse words are? Rachel and I get into all that stuff and more on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast.
2: We used to laugh with our friends. Anyone who was from outside Dublin, like <laughs> could go, ah, oh, the culties. Yeah. and I feel like I was quite ignorant, really, about how how sophisticated the rest of the country could be. That I mean, it's I can't believe I'm even just saying it, but yeah, you
1: know, it was how sophisticated just... the common people actually are. When you actually get down into the ground and meet yeah. them.
2: I'm really worried about this whole vegan movement. The amount of this vegan food that is being sold is so processed. They've got a million different ingredients on the back of the packet. If you can't pronounce all the ingredients, they shouldn't be on the packet. I find it Mm. really concerning.
0: What about Rachel Allen when she's hungover and Mm. just wants a disgusting cheat meal? What would it be?
2: i go for fried eggs with kind of a chilli sauce or something. And then I'd probably wait until early afternoon when I could have a bag of crisps and the hair of the dog.
0: <laughs> My full chat with Rachel Allen coming up in just a couple of minutes' time. And by the way, if you'd like to see Rachel live in person and performing her cookery skills, then you can catch her at the Savour Kilkenny Food Festival this weekend. You'll find all the details at saverkilkenny.com. That's S-A-V-O-U-R Kilkenny.com. Right, well, there's a lot of news this week. There's Halloween, there's a lot to be talking about. Um, But one of the things that's happened is Michael D has kind of got into, well, semi-hot water again for expressing his, well, just his opinions, really. And uh, we have access to his voicemails this week.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed. You've reached the office of the president of Michael D. Higgins. Please leave a message after El Tone. Viva Cuba! Uh, uh,
0: President Higgins, it's Leticia Kearley over at Um Listen, I think you've really got to uh, pull back on these public interventions and uh, these uh, opinions. Uh, they're becoming a little bit uh, much, in my view, and you're too close to the line. Uh, can I call in on Sunday? Uh, I'm actually doing the marathon. Um, so I could swing by when we um, uh,
1: get to the Phoenix Park leg. Uh, thanks. Uh, urgent. Thank you.
0: Yeah, how are you doing, Mr. President? It's Patrick Keilty here, loving your frequent and robustuous interventions into public life. Would you like to come on the couch this Friday night yourself, Joe Brawley, Eamon Dunphy, and just let
1: it rip? Give me a call. We're struggling. <laughs> Michael D. and George Hook here. I'm loving your outspoken talent like it is. Hold oh, no prisoners approach. Listen, we're, we're keeping um, myself and Kevin Myers and Yatesy and John Waters i'm saving a chair for you in the mud shed out here on Fox Rock. You know what? Have you ever thought of getting cancelled. <laughs> Wouldn't that be gas?
0: <laughs> Hi, um this is Jeremy from Sky Sports, um President Higgins. I've got your number from Roy Keane. Um President Higgins, we're, we're um sort of in the process of I know you're a big football fan, so carries big opinions. So we're looking at creating a new panel for next year on on Sky Sports, Sky Soccer Monday. Um, and we'd love to have you on really love it Um, give us a call thank you oh Michael D uh, we will really miss him uh, when he's gone and um, I wonder wonder who the candidates will be to replace him as president Um, it should be uh, a very interesting period in Irish political life so let's cross over to my chat with Rachel Allen we started our chat with a subject where Rachel and I have a little bit of shared history a really interesting story about her grandfather So, Rachel, great to talk to you again, doing my due diligence and everything and doing my little research about you. I came across a little uh, quote. You said, I don't think it's good to have regrets, but one tends to be more interested in certain things as one gets older. Maybe I'd ask my grandparents more, like how my grandfather escaped from a concentration camp or how things were for my grandmother. She was born in 1910. At that stage of your life, you're just busy running around after your children. And that, 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 that jumped out at me. Tell me about this. The grandfather. This is extraordinary.
2: I know, I know. So he actually—that was his name was Hans Reckenfeld. and Hans he was Reichenfeld.. Wow, yeah, I love it. He—he he was Austrian, um, yeah. Jewish Austrian man who um, was not my blood grandfather. He met my grandmother, who was Icelandic, when my mother was a baby. And um, so actually my blood grandfather was Norwegian, but he he had died by then. Um, And so my mum's Icelandic. When my mum's mum met Hans, he just brought my mum up as his own. And then they went on to have three more children. And um, so they were living in Iceland. And um, yeah, so Hans, who we called grandpa, and he only died about 10 years ago. He was an amazing man. Absolutely incredible. he was a geriatric psychiatrist um I said he was geriatric as well, but he was treating older <laughs> people and yeah. he used he used to he was just he was very you know, irreverent um and he had to the medical counsel actually had have a few words with him because he was using his exercise bike cycling while listening to his geriatric patients because he just found otherwise he'd fall asleep, so he said, "Well, it's great, I get fit." <laughs> at the same time um, but yeah hans was an amazing man and uh, as i said we just call grandpa um, but con- but escaped from a concentration camp and um,
0: well, and he then got in, he-, he got imprisoned he got he got imprisoned um, rachel in in yeah. where in in, in germany in or Al- in austria
2: a- in germany and um, and he went to then he actually joined the english army and um, went back and, and bombed them Yes. So as a medic, joined the English army as a medic.
1: My God. Yeah, is he was really
0: incredible. Now, and his actually, hands to Hans Reichenfeld.
2: Reichenfeld, R-E-I-C-H-E-N-F-E-L-D.
0: Right. Do you want to hear me? Do you want to hear something back? I would love to, because
2: with Rosenstock, I guess there's... Yes.
0: So my yeah. grandfather was called Georg Rosenstock, and he was a German medic officer in the German army during World War II, and he was only 22 years of age, kind of from that kind of class of Germans that he was in the Wehrmacht, so the the army, but that kind of class of Germans, fairly middle class, that kind of knew this was all madness, this stuff that was going on. But of course, as members of the regular army, they they just got on with it. And as I said, he was a medic and he was posted to the Isle of Jersey. And Jersey was a Channel Island that was occupied by the Germans in the Second World War. And there he met my grandmother, who was a nurse from Athen Roy., No.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they oh fell in love. Goodness. They
0: saw out the rest of the war in Germany. And then he emigrated with her to Limerick, where he became a famous doctor in Limerick. And a kind of the German doctor, the kind of tall German doctor you can imagine in the 50s and 60s would have been quite exotic. Yeah. In, in Ireland. So. In 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 many ways, you, you and I have a kind of a there's a kind of a an, an overlapping there, isn't there?
2: Isn't that fascinating?
0: Yeah. What they all what they all went through. Yes. You know, absolutely. we as their
2: grandchildren. So so grandpa wrote an autobiography, self-published it, um, and um it's actually in storage at the moment because we are in an in-between house, we're calling it. Um Uh, But I want to actually get it back from storage. I need to just go and try and find it in one of the boxes because I actually just want to read it again. Um, I haven't read it for about 10 years. And
0: Yes. And I mean, Mm. of course, I mean, my grandmother, the nurse for Math and Rye, she wrote a book about it as well. And she called it Hello, Is It All Over? And the reason she called it Hello, Is It All Over? (sighs) is because she gave birth to my father um, basically in war-torn, Jena in East Germany in 1945 when the bombs were still raining down and here is the uh, the, the, the reason for the name of the, the book so she's coming out of the bunker or the house or wherever she's in and the bombing has ceased and there's smoke everywhere yeah. and mist and fog and she she, she presumably she glamorises this or, or, or a little bit for the book but she pokes her head out and she goes hello is it all over and this figure comes towards her it's silhouette and he goes, yeah, yes, sir, ma'am. It all, it sure is. And it's like an American
1: Oh, voice. my goodness. How
0: she knows that, like, the, the thing is over. Um, oh, my bad? goodness. The, the, the extraordinary times that these grandparents of ours lived through, Rachel.
2: The extraordinary times. And and actually, I found myself here at the cookery school with working with um, five, six Ukrainians. Um, we have a couple of Israelis here. Um, one has a Palestinian boyfriend. And so suddenly here we are. In the middle of all of this, you know, one minute I'm saying "Privet" to Vitali, and next saying "Hi" to one of the Israelis. Yes. And, I mean, yes. what a time again! Yes.
0: Mm. Yes. Um. Mm. With, with yourself, though, I always uh, sorry um, people have preconceptions about other people. And I always saw you. Now, forgive me for saying this. I always saw you as this posh kind of girl from, you know, sort of sort of County Dublin. <laughs> and I would have seen you as having, you know, Irish kind of parents and everything. But the way you're saying it there, you, you have
1: hugely mixed backgrounds. Yes. Tell me
0: brief. Tell me briefly about your yeah. book. You said Norway, Norway, Icelandic. Yeah. Um, and tell, me, tell us about that.
1: So uh, my mum's side
2: um she as i said she never knew her norwegian father um but my mum's mum who was icelandic was um she kind of she didn't tell us a huge amount about you know what happened to him um it was always just kind of something we never really spoke about um because grandpa was just ever present but grandpa actually Hans um, had a great relationship with Isaac, my husband, and um, mm-hmm. and told Isaac more things, you know, before he died, which was really lovely, and and then the the actually the um you know the production or the television program Who Do You Think You Are, yes. the UK version, they came to me and they asked if I would be interested yes. in finding out a bit more, and I said to Zach, you know, I really would be because so Dad's side is all Irish. Yes. And I seem to know all of that um, yes. came from, you know, dad, his father had shoe factory wind standees that my father and his brother went into. The other brother was in Raphael and then standard shoes. it was all very kind of, you know, documented, well documented. We knew all that. And then I did say, I would love to find out more about mum's side of the family. But actually, when I said it to mum, I said, what do you think? Would you prefer not to? And mum said, look, let's not ruffle any feathers. Yes. She kind of, I think just, you know.
0: So funny. So funny, Rachel, because let, I was let things
2: to, just, they I let was sleeping asked,
0: dogs lie. Exactly. So I was asked to do, who do you think you are as well? And I had second thoughts about it because, again, there were things that would be unearthed um, that might not be, let's say, for, for living members of the family, that they would have to go through that as well. You know what I mean? Um
2: absolutely yes. you have to be conscious yeah, of that. You, know? you do. And you have to be quite yeah. sensitive. I mean, maybe, maybe if they ask me again in twenty, twenty-five years, but they probably won't, rather they'd be like, Rachel, Rachel, who? <laughs> 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 then I might do it.
0: <laughs> wow. So Rachel, listen, I mean, that's very interesting to find out about your background. But but you mm. know, it's for your public persona is all to do with with food and all this sort of stuff. And it's been, you know, a massively booming business for not only for you, but for the whole culinary sort of industry, food industry in Ireland and, you know, the books and the TV and all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, was it are you surprised you ended up in this business? What, like, was it always going to be food or was there a Rachel Allen who was destined to become an accountant or a stevedore (laughs) or a hockey player or an astronaut? Were you on reflection? Do you think you were always destined maybe for this kind of industry or what?
2: I don't know. I, I definitely knew I wanted to do something creative, um, our careers guidance teacher in in I was in school in Dublin at Mishihi she used to every week I would go to her and I'd say "What's she I was always a bit kind of ditzy and say I think it might be a dancer or I think it might be an actress what do you think or I think it might be an actress or I think it might be you know whatever so every week she'd come in and say Rachel come in what is it this week and she was actually just always so lovely I want I loved art Went to Grafton Academy between fifth and sixth year for a month with my cousin Mark. Mark O'Neill. He went on to do great things in, oh, fashion, in fashion design. Yes. Uh, yeah. And mm. so went with him. And I always remember on the first day. The teacher Stephen said, "I'd love you all just to do some sketches of some figures." And I kind of thought, "Yeah, you know, I could be the next. Who knows? Uh, I know Mark Jacobs. He wasn't around then, but whoever." And um, and so I started practically drawing like lollipop figures. And my cousin Mark started like doing these amazing figures, you know, with the big shoulder pads and all these things. And I remember looking at his for the paper in front of him and mine. And I thought, okay, I don't think I'm, I'm cut out for this <laughs> uh, literally. Um, so I love, I love design and aesthetics and, you know, love all that kind of thing. But I uh, and then thought about shoes. So my mum was in fashion. Actually, my dad was in, as I said, his father's um, shoe factory, Winstanley, that, closed in 85 in the I suppose the second last um
1: recession
2: um, recession, thank you very much and um so and then he went on to open another smaller shoe factory so so I was always interested in shoes or fashion and I was really lucky growing up that my parents never they always said look you'll have to find something to support yourself but they never I never felt pushed to do a certain thing so um I always baked, baked at home, just loved that, but never really thought about it as a job. Because do you remember, you know, in the 70s, I was born in 1971, 70s and 80s, if you were cooking, you were just chefing and it was quite male dominated. And and then, so I would just kind of bake just to do something. And actually the same with our daughter now, she does that a lot. She's more interested in baking than she is in school, probably apart from her friends, which was same as me. And um, so I I remember thinking about, oh, maybe I'll do drama studies in Trinity and I'll have an amazing time. Or maybe I'll do shoe design in London. Never really knew. And I always felt slightly out of place in one way with all my friends because they were talking about what degrees they wanted to do. Um, And there were a couple of us, Liza, Deborah and I, we were always just like going, don't really have a clue. But then I came down to see this place, the cookery school at Ballymaloo here um, in 89, actually, just after I'd left school and thought, I would love to just do this, go to cookery school. Because I had said to my parents, mum and dad said, right, actually at one stage in fifth year, I wanted to leave school. And um, they said, you need to just finish your leaving because what else? You know, come to us with a better option. So kept trying to think of alternatives. And then I decided, right, I suppose, might as well just stay on in school, do my leaving. And um, then And mum and dad had said, um, so you want to travel. You know, well, how are you going to earn your money? You know, how are you going to get your way around the world? And um, I said, but you'll pay for it? And they said, no, but we'll, we'll help you to learn a skill and we'll, we'll support you in that. But then you need to... Which was, I think, just such a great lesson, actually. Um, So they said, when they realized I was into cooking and my sisters, a couple of friends of my sisters had come down here to Bimlu before that. Um, So they very kindly Enabled me to come down here to do the three month cookie course. Exactly, and so, then so, I realized that, that,
1: that's
0: what. I, yeah, then you realized when you were there. That, so, so, so describe to me this place when you saw it first. This is a kind of an extraordinary place in Irish life. This Ballymaloo House. Tell me what you saw, your experiences there, and how it changed your life.
2: So I thought when I was growing up, I mean, we used to laugh with our friends. Anyone who was from outside Dublin, like I go, ah, <laughs> oh, the culties, yeah, and you know, when the new boarders would come into Alex, like, so I was a day girl in Alexander College, loved it. And the new boarders would come in and but there was always like, oh well they're coming to Dublin, you know, much better if they Were the more I didn't actually re- I I feel like I was quite ignorant really about how how sophisticated the rest of the country could be that. I mean it's I can't <laughs> believe I'm even just saying it, but
1: you know it was. How I, I sophisticated just... the common people actually are. Can <laughs> you actually get down into the ground and meet them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah ridiculous i
2: was that typical um south county dublin girl i feel yeah. that you know even when i say things now scarlet my daughter if i say oh junior school and senior school she'll say mom that's so south county dublin um right. it's primary school it's actually like, anyway whatever just and it's just a bit of a joke it's not dissing anyone yeah. from there of course um but so when i got down here i found it really extraordinary i There was a certain, um, I mean, I feel I grew up in a very liberal home, but there was a certain feeling down here. Um, There was, I don't know whether it was because the Allens are Quaker Mm. um, or whether there were a lot of pioneering women around the place, but I don't mean that as, and I, I want to go off on, Burn my breath <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, was, it, it just it felt like there was a certain um progressive progressive exactly atmosphere, but then i I loved also let's keep in mind, I had never lived away from home, yeah, and living away from home and being able to you know I remember on the first night, Nikki. Well, who's also from Dublin, her and I were put into a bedroom together here at the cookery school, and we mm. both lay in bed with a bottle of Heineken and both going, mm. "This is great, isn't it?" yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but actually it was it was a certain it was all ages getting on well together there was there was just something i don't know it was a, a combination of lots of different things that I just found yes, so interesting, so exciting um and and, yeah, I suppose, and I
0: suppose it coincided as well, this extraordinary place, which everybody knows, coincided with a kind of a renaissance or a rebirth or uh, uh, in the whole field of cookery, like the whole idea that like it can you can do better than just bacon and spuds on a plate not that there's anything wrong with bacon and spuds, it's fantastic food, but that we can be more creative about it. We can find the world. We can put the world Mm. on a plate and Ireland can be as good as anywhere. And so not only did, you know, it it kind of coincide with the birth of, you know, gastronomy in Ireland and the whole range of restaurants we have now, which I could talk to you about later, but also that whole world of TV where, you know, you had in the 70s, like certain very, very staid, And formal (laughs) ladies on British TV cooking and, you know, kind of middle-aged, almost Mm -hmm. frumpy kind of situation. And then it became this new rock and roll. Um, This is
2: so true. So true. It was also um, coming up to the end of the whole Nouvelle Cuisine era, where, as you say, there were either Christ fuddy-duddy people... Women cooking, or there were very stern chefs wearing very tall paper hats. Yes, yes. Um, and there was nothing in between. And then I remember hearing Mrs. Allen, Myrtle Allen. Yes. Um, and Dorina, um, my mother who went on to become my mother in law. Yeah. Hearing them talking about food and actually speaking about the quality of the ingredients as being the most important thing. Mm. And and though I was really lucky to grow up with really good food, Mum always had something delicious cooking away even though she was working and um but it, it struck me for the first time about okay if you start with good produce you don't actually have to do very much and that can be just fantastic in itself and you don't you don't need to fuss around so i found that really interesting i mean i i thought when i was leaving Dublin and I remember my friend saying you're going down to County Cork oh well you'd be back up every weekend would not you and I said yeah of course I will and then I came down here first and thought oh my goodness I love this I'm just going to I want to stay and just immerse myself in it Um, I thought we would be flambéing and sautéing and making all these Mm. fancy things in the first week but actually Mm. we weren't we were having Mm. walks around the farm we were being shown what soil looks like yes and at first I thought, and I remember, remember thinking, cause Drina used to just run around it. Well, she still does run around everywhere. <laughs> she, but she always used to wear long flowing skirts and you'd kind of hear the ruffle up her skirts, um, you yeah. know, before you'd see her. And then, and then she would literally be saying, look, this is soil. This is, you know, these are seeds. This is, and it was totally different to what yeah. I expected. And yeah. I, it's just on the first day. And I remember saying to Nikki, who's still my great friend, Nikki Walsh, And, um, as I said, she and I were just pushing a room together here on the farm while well, doing the cookbook course. And we both just said, oh, my God, this is amazing. We just loved it. Yes. Just loved it. Loved it.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. really great. So it was born from a kind of a this place kind of imbued in you, a kind of a passion for natural ingredients and a passion for where food comes from and the origin of food. And mm. and what is it all about ultimately? At the beginning, the very the, the very beginning. And I wrote down a word here because I think this word is very you know um, this word is very you know de rigueur at the moment and mot du jour the, the sustainability word. But I think was was wasn't Bali yeah. Hello kind of ahead of the ahead of the curve when it came to sustainability? And tell me about that.
2: I totally agree, and I'm sure there are lots of other places you know that were ahead of the curve as well. But it is so funny, sustainability, provenance. Um, yes. You know, local buying local—that was all just what Mrs. Allen always just concentrated yes. and focused on. Anyway, so while mm. those weren't words as such, um, if the terms had even been, you know, coined, you know, so closely to food, but it was just what what we learned was what, what was done here. So it really was. You know, we'd meet the local farmers who were coming in with the carrots the fishermen coming in with you know the fish the shellfish whatever and and it that just became what, what we just got to know as right this is this is how it is this is how it mm. should be which was just incredible yeah mm. and also also we were learning by what the cookery school so the cookery school farm is about 3 miles away from Ballymaloe house farm um both separate farms with houses on them. And um at the cookery school, which is where I am now, um it it is now an organic farm. But then it hadn't actually been given its organic status. But um we were growing without chemicals then. Yes. And so we were in the process, I guess of getting the organic status. But um but so so we were learning about that then. Yes. And so it's just it is it's it's amazing. I, and I do think in so many wonderful chefs and um, cooks, restaurateurs. I mean, whether it's Ross Lewis or Richard Corrigan or so many of them will, will give so much credit to Mrs. Allen for really being, I think number one, I mean, she must've been really brave in one way. She was but very humble. She was always very, very humble. and would just say, well, all I was doing was just cooking an honest plate of food and, and serving it to our guests in the restaurant. Um, she was never swayed by um, by trends. She was always aware of them, conscious, you know what what's going on, which is always, I think, very good. But not to suddenly say, "Oh, right, okay, so this year, this month, you know, we're all about um, I don't know whatever it is, Middle Eastern mm. food. This month, we're all about mm. uh, Southeast Asian food," or you know, it was always let the ingredients speak for themselves. Yes, using as much local. Um, produce as possible. Let's not get too swayed by trends, which, okay. which then actually suddenly gives you, I think, um, makes you contemporary all the way through rather than a fad. A fad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And are you teaching and coaching, uh, if you like, uh, all the time? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. And I love it. I just, I love it. I, yeah. I love teaching. I just love being here at the school. Um, I'm always inspired by by the produce that's coming in the door that by the students I love I love people so listen then how did tv happen i was giving a bread course and a baking course here at the cookery school um when i was pregnant with luca he's now 21 and um a television a television producer David Hare uh, who I still keep in touch with and work with sometimes and he came to do the course um he wasn't making um food programs then he was making other programs doing other production but um but not in food and he said to me at the end of the week would you be interested in trying to do you know if we maybe start a pilot and I said yeah yeah, yeah sure yeah okay so we start a pilot Took a day, went down to his place in Kerry. He lives down in Kerry and um, and then I was kind of pregnant and busy and running around after Josh, who was a toddler, and I didn't really think much more about it because I was becoming quite immersed here at the cookery school, teaching and just loving it as as, as still do. But um, so then he got back a few months later and said, "Oh look, Artie liked it, and they'd like to film a series." Um so then Isaac, my husband, said, Well, if you're going to do a series, you need to do a cookbook as well to kind of make it worth your while. So so I did that. Mm. And um did a series, wrote a cookbook, did that then basically 15, 16 times. And um wow. and it was kind of it was it was fairly not fairly, it was really busy. Um Isaac would always He's very interested in production and
0: yeah. and that
2: side, the creative,
0: yeah.
2: um, the part of getting all of that together. So he was always very involved with that. He'd helped me with the cookbooks as well. But we're fairly relentless, and and at that stage, people were just buying cookbooks like mad. Yeah.
1: Um.
2: So, so it was it was busy. It was great, yeah. and we got to yeah. travel, do go on amazing trips on the back of that. Sometimes. With our say we had two boys then and now we have Scarlett as well, who's 14. Um, so we did go on some amazing trips around the world, where there was a food festival on, we'd end up in, you know, um Dubai or well, Dubai, you know, um Mozambique, Johannesburg, mm. incredible parts of Adelaide. Actually, we didn't mm. bring any of the children to Australia every time we went to Melbourne or Adelaide, my parents would then jump in, which was great. Um, yeah. so yeah, but then and then I'd always come back here to the cookery school. So yeah. And Doreen and I managed to. Dorina has always been incredibly accommodating and in saying, "You know, absolutely, do your thing." Mm. And then there's a job for you here. So that, I was mm. really lucky to get to do that.
0: Um, well, I mean, in a sense, it's there's a there's a sense of cross fertilization as well. In the sense, yes. t v the TV and the books also help to promote the brand that is Ballymaloe and 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 yes. all of that. But 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 yes. but there was, the TV is interesting because I'm sure you've thought about this because. There's you. There's your persona. There's Rachel Allen, the human being. But then there's who, that person as well. When you go on TV, you, you become slightly different. Everybody is it's, mm. it's like everybody has a lane. Stay in your lane. Somebody's in a lane. I mean, like I used to love watching Keith Floyd um the the the, amazing you know he was up in there like this and he was always drinking a a glass of
1: a glass of something red and claret and it's more is the the drinking than anything and you know you throw a few muscles in you you throw a little hippopotamus whatever you want you know chop it up just get it in there but mainly get the drink in first and
0: um so you know he was wonderful because he had a thing but Mm. did anybody speak to you about persona or what your persona was or did you think no no. No, no. I just know that Did you watch yourself back and go, that's Oh that's me. Or oh. did you go, Oh
1: my
2: god. Oh, can't bear it. Yes. Um yeah. I can't watch myself. And so I'm sitting here, as you can see, I've got my feet up on the yeah. counter. Oh, I'm yeah. sitting here and really relaxed and you know we're having a chat. For some for some reason when when I was making my programmes I felt I was like, Oh, oh and, and it just happens and yeah. And I feel like I'm quite different in real yes, life. Yes. But I can't really shake that off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's funny.
0: Well, I, li- I mean, pe- people talk to you. They changed. liked you. The people talk to you. They liked you. And they liked seeing Rachel on te- television. Who did you uh, like, by the way, watching? Who do you like watching? Irish any, or English? Anybody at all? Who, who did you always go, oh, that's a bit of a laugh? Or I enjoy their whatever it is. I mean.
2: As in cookery. Yeah, the cookery. TV. Yeah, I I don't watch any cookery programs. <laughs> um, no, I don't really. I mean, of course, people like Nigel Slater's books are amazing. Um, yeah. um, I always loved watching Keith Floyd. Actually, actually, Rick Stein, because we went on a couple of Australian trips with him yeah. um, around food festivals in Australia, and we always just had such a great time with him. And Sarah, his wife. Um, and they are super fun. So actually, I really like watching him on television. And parts of him remind me of my father who died four years ago. Parts yeah, parts of Rick used to just kind of remind me of Dad. And um, oh. but I I don't I don't really watch cookery programs.
0: It's, it's not good, is yeah. that well actually that's that's- holiday. Oh, that's terrible because you know who's on the line and wants to talk to you now? Nevin McGuire's on the <laughs> line and wants to talk to you. Say hello to him. <laughs> Hi, Nevin. Well, hello, hello. Oh my God, Rachel, I'm listening to you and I'm having a great time now listening to you. I'm a bit sad you didn't mention me now because I have been having a problem. I've got, I think I have narrowed it down that I am the nicest, 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 nicest cook on the telly, but I'm getting too much competition from you because you're kind of moving slowly into my nicey-picey space. So I think we need to, you know, settle this. Who is the nicest cook in Ireland? We need to fight it out. I know that your son, Joshua, is into MMA. Okay, I know that's martial arts. So why don't we arrange a nice little ring, yourself and myself, and we batter the shite out of each other to decide who is the nicest cook? Would you be up for that? Wooden spoons, the whole lot, spatulas across the arse. I'll tell you now. Spatulas at dawn. Spatulas at dawn. uh, Forks flying everywhere. Colanders. (laughs) People's faces being put through colanders. I can get quite nasty at
1: times.
0: (laughs) I know it doesn't look like it, but you know, we'll have to settle that. Is that all right with you, Rachel?
2: I love you, Nevin. We have had some great nights out together. Do you remember that night in Belfast?
0: Techno, techno, yeah. techno, techno. You know, I love me. techno. He, he was I actually
2: telling. he was telling me about his DJing days. Oh, my I love me goodness.
0: <laughs> I love me techno. I love me techno. The harder. So the I more do. Ruthless, <laughs> so I do. The more ruthless, the techno, the better <laughs> techno with a colander. The colander on me head. <laughs> dish, 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 dish. That's what I love. I love <laughs> that. Fair play to you. Ne- Nevin. Jesus, he's 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 a, he's a nice guy. As I said, I used to love um, Keith Floyd. Um, And uh, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, no, it is interesting. How about Ireland? I mean, uh, like I I know nothing about food, but I am tempted to say, you know, when I'm talking to when I'm having a pint with somebody in a town or whatever, and it ever gets onto the subject of restaurants or food, it'll pretty much be agreed by whoever I'm with and myself that Ireland has come on leaps and bounds in the last 30 years. I mean, I'm still Mm -hmm. from the generation that remembers 1986 when you would get a look, you would get a side eye from somebody if you said lasagna or chicken Kiev. Like chicken Kiev was- rega- Oh, I love you, a good chicken like, Kiev. Oh, I know, but you were regarded as having notions if you asked for chicken yeah. Kiev. <laughs> oh, or yeah, lasagna. Lasagna <laughs> yeah. was notions as well.
1: Like, oh, who, who's your man, by? Do you want lasagna? Who the fuck do you think you are, <laughs> Um Fucking, you know, what do you think you know? Pat Luciano Pavarotti or something? <laughs> And like, so you know, it's ridiculous. So well we have come on
0: leaps and bounds, isn't that right? And if so, tell me a little bit about how you feel about Ireland, food, and do we compare well with the rest of the world or have we caught oh, up? Oh yeah, with
2: it? absolutely. I think, and I this it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but our dairy. Our dairy is just is better than anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Um of course there's there's got to be some upside for all this rain, you know, that we get. Yeah. But great green grass. Amazing. when you think about butter, cream, our milk yeah and and our meat, we have incredible incredible produce, so I yeah. think that's that and that's what's really great that's what people are focusing on now yes. um so I definitely cook with lot of dairy. I'm really worried about this whole vegan movement mm-hmm. um I find it just. Crazy. I think so much of it is driven by marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of, you know, people who are talking about veganism and sustainability, and then their coconuts and avocados like to beat the band um being imported in from yes. goodness knows where. Um I and also I just think it's it's when people try and eradicate all these things from their diet. And then try and take them back into their diet. So often their bodies fight them. Um, yeah. There was a girl actually, Hannah, who did the twelve-week course here about a year ago, and she couldn't take dairy. And I remember saying to her, Hannah, what is it? Were you were you born with this, or what is it? And she said, Oh, I was really stupid when I was sixteen. I was vegan for a year, and yeah. then when I tried to take dairy back on. So, but I, but also the amount of this vegan food that is being sold. Oh, I'm never going to get any vegan vegan them. Um, um uh sorry, vegan. Blah, 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 I'm never going to get any vegan companies approaching me, am I now, for paying me lots of money to front a campaign. Well, but anyway, I don't mind. I mean, no, but, 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 but <laughs> it's interesting.
1: Yeah. Go on.
2: So much of this food is so processed. If you look at these vegan things that uh, they've got a million different ingredients on the back of the packet. If you can't pronounce all the ingredients, they shouldn't be on the packet. Um, I don't know, I just I find hmm. it really concerning.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For, for what it's doing to, you know, brainwash teenagers um, and younger. Um, so I b- believe in sustainability. So I believe in uh, supporting. I'm sorry, I eat meat. Not I'm sorry, I eat meat. I do eat meat. I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, I I seek out better quality meat. Um, and while that's all very easy to say, oh, you must seek out better quality to meat, eat, right, better quality meat, eat it as often as you can afford to. But I just, yeah, I'm quite... God, I, got, I went on the bit of a bandwagon there. That's I? okay. That's okay.
0: I mean, I notice I shut up and let you do it so that I can get some mm. the, the, juicy, juicy clips for my promos. But
2: it I, is. I, it's really concerning.
0: Mm, yeah. It
2: really about, is. Um, yeah, Because um, there's so, you, so much money behind this marketing, I believe.
0: Mm, absolutely. What about the... Or do you have any opinions on the, the climate... Um, component of ho- large herds of cattle uh, and the meat yeah. situation What's
2: yeah what, Abs- absolutely I totally agree so hmm. so this is this is where I'm standing in the middle of the field and I'm saying right I believe in dairy I believe in meat eating I believe in supporting our farmers our dairy producers Um, but I prioritise eating uh free range organic when I can find it. Um I buy organic milk. Um the milk here at the cookery school, I also use it's raw milk that comes straight from the Jersey Cows. But I believe I'm very lucky to be able to say that. Mm. You know, so I'm not trying to come across as preachy and saying, mm. oh, but you must buy organic because a lot of the time that's not realistic. And um so Yes, I believe it, but, but I realize that the mass produced, a lot of mass produced meat is um, definitely having a, a negative impact. So, yeah, eat less mm. meat, but, but don't try and replace them with avocados and quinoa mm. and coconut oil when, when mm. there are carrots and parsnips down the road.
0: Sorry, we have another call. Uh, on the line, Jeepers, oh, no. you're, pop- you're popular. They're, they're, see that <laughs> I see. I always get the thing. They ring up. They ring me up beforehand. I I put out the word, basically, going, who's on the podcast, and then people <laughs> ring me up and go, uh, you know, well, I'll be listening to that live. So can you get me on the air? So Dahi O'Shea is on the line. So say hello to Dahi.
2: <laughs> I love Dahi. Hi Dahi.
0: Well, girl, how are you? Skelp Shkel, it on down. No, it's great to talk to you, but I have a bone to pick with you, young <laughs> Rachel Allen. You know that you you are only down the road from the Today Show. Myself and Maura Duran, we shoot the Today Show in Cork (laughs) and we have to cook on nearly every day. Now, every day I am starving with the hunger, so I am. And you are never, you're never in our cookery room Why aren't you never up here? Why are you never cooking for me? As you know, I could eat a nun's arse through a convent gate because you are a horse and cart of a woman, Rachel Allen. And I want to see you stirring and popping and canoodling around my kitchen and putting a big plate of homegrown organic beef in front of me so I can skelp it on down. Why aren't you here? And when are you coming in next? (laughs) Well,
2: actually, I'm going to be in there um, in November, I think in a few weeks. Are you? Yeah.
0: Oh, so you're going on the Today Show? Yeah, I am.
2: And they're always so lovely and always say, you know, do come back and everything. But it, it is quite busy here at the Cookery School, but... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I love uh, I love going I, in
0: there. I've been on the Today Show a few times and obviously I talked to Dahi um, when when he's off air. Yeah. And he does tell me he doesn't mm-hmm. he actually doesn't eat before he comes on. So he can actually do his eating on the show. <laughs> I he, love actually, it. he actually just uses it as mealtimes.
2: <laughs> Dahi and Mora love their food. I love that. Yeah. They are they're great to cook for because yes. they actually really enjoy
0: it. Yeah, 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 they are. Mm. Uh, that that was Dahi. Great to hear from him. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> What was I going to say there? Um, Oh, yeah. Like, are you a tough person? No. You're soft. Mm, I think so. Are you? Maybe I'm tough in ways. I think some people who think, I think some people who think they're soft are actually secretly tough. I think
2: I'm I'm quite resilient. Mm. Sensitive, but resilient.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, like, for example, I would say, for example, I'm learning when you get older, you try to learn a bit more about yourself. Mm. Yeah. I've always I've always figured I'm a very sensitive, fairly sensitive individual, and um, but actually, and that I take that I take things to heart. Mm. Having said that, what I've really realised is I'm actually hugely resilient, and even though I take things to heart, I can still get on with things. Yeah, get back Um, in the saddle. and, And so I think I'm I'm soft, but actually I'm quite resilient. Which is something I've taken me a long time to figure out. I didn't know it, but, but that might have been helped by years in
2: the spotlight in the media, where You're used you know to now some things. things are said about me, and I'm thinking, well, they've said worse, so I'll be fine. Well, yeah, this is kind of what, and I it was, doesn't
0: change me. This is what I was kind of angling towards, um, uh, uh, Rachel, and that is like, how do you feel when with? Why do you feel with with? Let's say. Less desirable media attention when you when when the media is looking for stuff and they're focusing on you or your family and you feel on the kind of the the butt end of like, you know, that kind of dual thing with the media. They build you up and they knock you down. They'll 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 say Rachel's top of the world with her new cookery book and cookery show. She's flying high. And then they're just dying to come in and go. But Rachel's got a problem with this. How do you feel about that? How do you deal with it? Does it really hurt you? Do you do you like do you have moments where you go off into the walk for a walk and have a quick cry? Or do you just you know, what kind of a personality are you to deal with? Let's say unwanted media or or, or, are the the less desirable media attention?
2: I think very early on, I actually remember um, when I made probably just, you know, some television series 102 and so this probably going back say 20 years and um and I was in in the spotlight a bit and um and I remember someone said something like oh but you could google yourself and I'd never probably googled anything let alone myself and I remember one night like starting up the laptop you remember the way would go like that yeah Um, and uh And I was like walking into the kitchen and I was sitting there at the kitchen table with the computer open in front of me going, (laughs) (laughs) and he said, what is wrong? And I said, these these people are saying these things about me. And he said, Rachel, what what, what was you want? I said, Googled myself. And so, yeah, I was probably a lot more sensitive then. Now, I suppose it helps, age helps um, Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. where you just learn to be a bit more accepting of other people's opinions as in that's their opinions. You know, they don't mm. know me. Um, I'd be more upset if people I knew said things about me yeah. really than people I don't know. You have to kind of, you have to build a bit of a thick skin, don't you? But then you don't want to completely. Um, no. so, no. so yeah, it pisses me yeah. off sometimes, but there's, there's not much I can do about it. Yeah. Um, but I have been really lucky in that people generally, or maybe it's just I don't read the bad stuff. People have been, I think, quite respectful and
0: yeah, and well, Ireland is yeah, is, it's better being it's better being sometimes in Ireland than maybe in Britain in relation to things that absolutely you know, we yeah. all have things going on in our lives. Some of them become slightly public, some of them become not public at all and some of them become um, very public and depending on the timing and the news feed and the way everything falls and who's interested in it's what. It's so true. <laughs> and sometimes you can just land in that place where for a couple of days everybody's t- talking about you for a minute and in maybe not in the best of ways and yeah. you know it's, 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 it's like they're having a feast on you it's like they're, they're gorging on you you're the latest thing yeah, and then you, you wish. be gone. You wish two days that... later you'll be gone
2: Exactly, and sometimes like, you'd wish that I don't know something something really exciting would happen, like I don't know, Dave Beckham would come out as gay, or or yeah. something. There'd be something more exciting happening than than what's going on in my life. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Um, and it exactly. can. You're so right. It can absolutely depend on if it's a quiet news week, uh, if yeah, there's not much yeah. else going on, yeah, or yeah. but but generally, you know, generally people are great, and and I suppose that is the downsides to being the spotlight, because it's also an upside at times when you want to, you know, you want to sell a book or you want to do something. So you can't have yeah. it always no. um, really. So I, I understand why it happens. It's more so less about the media upsets me. Cause actually I do believe, yeah, people have been mostly nice and I'm, you know, and they're doing their job. It's mm. more the people who are hidden behind a computer Yes, who say things and who are anonymous, or send you horrible things on Twitter when yes. you look at you look at their.
1: Uh, and has that happened and, to you? Oh, Rachel? funnily
2: enough, they've never they don't have their photograph up, or funnily enough, they don't have their name. up. Oh, absolutely, that's happened to me a lot. So I took Twitter off my phone eventually. So I, I I'm not on Twitter anymore, though. i probably still have a. Actually, I think I used it about a year ago, saying "Hello, bus errand." I need a ticket, a school bus ticket for my daughter. That was the last time I used it, I think. But um, yeah. um, not yeah. So I think so. That's 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 more annoying when people would do that when you feel like going. Hang on a second, show me your name and your face, and so we can have a proper conversation. But anyway, I don't bother saying that, obviously. So actually, it can be quite hard, yeah, not to reply or retaliate and just and I, I always say to isaac because isaac always just says let it go let it go um so yeah sometimes that can be but you just have to just but you know it, like particularly if, if i've probably if i'm sitting there if i've had a glass of wine or gin, and i can't I'll, I'll go no i want to say something or people even on instagram people might say i could put up a picture and they'll say something smart or awful, and and a couple of times you know i've replied with oh what's it like to be a troll or but yeah yeah i try not I to do too much of that
0: um okay there was another caller i think this might be the last caller actually rachel is this you're very fortunate guess who's on the line <laughs> maybe it's a cork connection roy keen's on the line
1: <laughs> jesus christ say hello say hello hi roy how's it going hi How's it going? No, it's fine. I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted. I'm absolutely No, 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 no. No, I'm delighted to be talking to you. You know, all credit to food. You know, we all need food. Fair play. You picked a you picked a very good business to get involved in. I understand it. But I mean, you know, I haven't heard one bit of anger from you tonight. I was watching mm-hmm. the boy Gar- Gordon Ramsay the other night on television. The boy Ramsay, and he's he's and this, he's blinding that, he's F this, F that, F the other. I mean, why don't you get angry? It's all happy days, happy clappy hockey sticks. At the end of the day, (laughs) you know, you know. Do you ever get angry? Do you ever lose the plot? Do you ever go get angry at your carrots? Get angry at your turnips. (laughs) Get angry at sustainability. Hold that potato up and go. What the fuck is wrong with you, potato? (laughs) No, do you ever get angry? Why don't you get angry?
0: He's got a point, Rachel. You you going to ask him?
1: Do I get angry? Do I get angry? Um, Do you ever get angry? I don't. Actually, don't I don't think so. Have a feeling no. like taking a knife, taking up the knife, and just you know, just go <laughs> no. and go work on one of the students. They can't. Okay, they, they you'd say to, to you know to fill it, you know to, to saute a turnip or something, and then they can't do it. <laughs> Did you ever think of fucking getting the old fucking hammer there and <laughs> no, take it no. I would, no, I would, I would, I would, I go absolutely mental in the kitchen. I would. Yeah, no, sort of, I'm, I'm no Gordon Ramsay, yeah. but. But I that's in Do you even use well. do you even do you, do you even use curse words or swear words at the end of the day? I do. What's your favorite swear word? Oh, you see, I've asked you and you're not able to um, do it. It depends. It depends on the on the situation. Well, give us an example. Give us a selection. Bollocks,
2: um, shy bo-
1: bollocks with a, <laughs> with an I or bollocks with an O. <laughs>
0: Probably that, with an uh,
2: O, actually, CKS. Oh, no, that,
0: that's a person. That's a load of bollocks. Oh, sorry, King, <laughs> that's a load of bollocks. Okay, or he's a bollocks. Is this about
1: Isaac now again, is it? No. <laughs> okay, so bollocks? <clears throat> yeah. Bollocks, shite. Right. Um Shite shite. Shite's
2: a good one, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. La- Langer.
2: Uh oh, that's a great cork
1: one. Lang ball. <laughs> Gowl? Do, you know, do you like Gowl. Gowl. Do You know, gall Goul? a good one.
0: Is that a swear word though? Gowl? Yeah. You sure, you're cancelled already for saying it. <laughs> the headline from this will be Rachel Allen says gall. <laughs> I've already given it to my my journalist friend. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, listen, what's your favorite cheat?
2: And note? a couple, a couple of kind of other ones, but just for the very odd occasion.
0: For more choice right. situations would they be posh words like bastard
1: see <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, bastard no bosted. bastard bastard bastard
0: <laughs> <laughs> um come here, what about um Rachel Allen when she's hungover and mm-hmm. just wants a disgusting cheat meal? What would it be
2: um, 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 um. it could be. Mm. You see, I I would need something like fried eggs with mm-hmm. a chili sauce, mm-hmm.
1: something something healthy, like though.
2: Tabasco, or yeah, yeah, but you know you're going to feel slightly better after it as well.
0: Yeah, I get you. I get you the Tabasco kick.
2: Yeah, but Spicy you've got to give me something better eggs. than that, though. Come
0: on, dirty, um, dirty, fi- dirty, filthy uh,
2: takeaways. Oh, do we not really have that many takeaways? Well, we have takeaways, but um, uh, uh, I don't know. Pizza dipped in garlic mayonnaise. Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, but if I was hungover, I wouldn't have that because I'd definitely feel worse. Oh, really? It. I'd go for the fried eggs. Hold on, what yeah. would I go for? Oh, I know. I'd go for fried eggs with kind of a chili sauce or something. And then I'd probably wait until this is, say, if it's a Saturday or a Sunday, obviously not on a work day. I'd wait until kind of early afternoon when I could have a bag of crisps and the hair of the dog.
0: <laughs> and Hair of the Dog would be another glass of wine or a beer what do you drink as a Hair of the Dog
2: Um, it would depend either gin tonic oh yeah Guinness yeah Guinness. wine yeah, yeah
0: yeah. and are you red no. or white or both uh, both
2: yeah. not yeah. at the same time
0: no 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 no. yeah okay not in the same sitting if you like
2: <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no no at the same sitting
0: oh yeah I don't mix, I don't mix them oh too. not mixing the two yeah 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 <laughs> not purple yeah, yeah, rose. Or, or, or rose. Well, rose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Red wine, red, white, yeah. and rose at the same time. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, brilliant. So I, I love dirty chips. So I love. Um, so I love. Um, oh,
2: soggy like chipper chips.
0: Chipper chips, like mm. real chipper chips. So the, I the, love the fa- soggy chipper the chips. Soggy, the soggy chipper chips with salt yeah. and vinegar. Loads of vinegar. Loads of vinegar and loads yeah. of salt. Like almost yeah. salt that you can see the salt. Yes. Yes. I mean, like, so it's 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 tough going because it's pretty much the worst thing to eat for your waistline, a packet of Chipper Chips. It is apparently the worst thing. So um, listen, Rachel, I'm going to leave you alone now because I am, I'm, I've really enjoyed our conversation and I've taken up enough of your time. It's really <laughs> fascinating to hear about your granddad and, mm. and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and of course, that happened to me as well. My granddad had a, had a bit of an overlapping with you. And lovely to talk to you. You're such a pleasant and warm person to be around. And you remind, do you know what you are? You're a, you're a goer you're a good goer you give it a good go <laughs> that
2: sorry a goer was something different when I was in school
0: I know but I didn't mean it like that you're a goer I don't mean it in the thank Alex you. I don't mean it in the Alexandra college way I mean and there was a lot of them there I'll tell you um, but but um, I mean it in that you, you, you get up and you, you take you take on life and you give everything the best shot and um, you're, you're, you're you're tough but you're not, but you're soft as well and uh, it's been lovely well, thank to, you it's been lovely talking to you and thank you very much for your time Thank you, it's been really lovely talking to you too. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Thank you. Really. Thank you, Rachel. And my thanks to Rachel Allen um, for joining me um, on this week's Mario Rosenstock podcast and at dot to see Rachel in action this weekend. You can get in touch with me, of course, Rosenstock at gmail.com. That's my personal email for this um, podcast. I'll read them all and I get back to most of them. Um, with any suggestions or comments you have, Uh, more than welcome ideas for sketches, ideas for guests, or just feedback, constructive criticism um, or other. Thanks very much. See you same time, same place next week. Oh, by the way, tell one other person about this podcast if you can. Bye.